وسهلا فيكم بجسور الارساليه Welcome to Bridges for Mission 欢迎聆听宣教桥梁 Bienvenido al Punte a Misión Welcome to Bridges for Mission Bienvenue au Pont pour la Mission Hello, everyone. I'm Reverend Sandra Dorsonville. And I'm Minister Nicole Cox. We have two beautiful guests with us, Emma and Julia Whitmer, and you are in for a treat. Julia is a senior in high school. She is passionate about Jesus and writing. And guess what, listeners? She is a self-published author. Julia also enjoys singing and um, playing various instruments, making music to glorify God. So welcome, Julia. Hello, thank you so much for having me. And we also have Emma. Emma Whitmer is a sophomore in high school. She enjoys helping to lead worship. And according to her parents, she's a very talented musician. But the thing that I enjoy, and it was really quite the gem of a surprise to discover is that Emma is a horse lover. You speak to my heart, Emma. We have lots to share about horseback riding and competition and dressage and all of it. So we're so delighted to have you. Thank you, it's good to be here. Wonderful. All right, listeners, let's get ready. Bridges for Mission is about to start. Julia. Do you mind telling us a little bit more about the book, Wilted Willow? Um, what inspired you to write this book, what it's about so that the listeners can be ready to purchase your book? Absolutely. Um, this book came about while I was young, still in Thailand, um, and I was inspired to write it based on a movie that I actually saw um, Nutcracker in the Four Realms. So that inspired the world as a whole and inspired the idea of a girl going to another world based in Victorian times. Um, I think my love for fantasy has definitely come around because of my growing up in another world, so to speak, and that has definitely influenced my writing as a whole. Wonderful, thank you. And you, listeners, you heard um, Julia mention living in uh, in another world, they're actually living in Thailand. They're serving alongside their parents. Um, and I am curious to find out how the decision came about. So it's a question for both you and your sister. Um, this whole decision of serving in Thailand, serving as a family, um, tell us a little bit more. So I think it really began at the Green Lake Conference where we went, I think there all of us, God spoke to all of us and told us that we were going to be missionaries. And I really think that's where it started. And then we told our parents and our parents said, okay. And then the planning started. And wow. I think that's really where it began. Um, yeah, I think our parents had thrown around the idea for a while, but we didn't really know that that was their plan. And so going to Green Lake, um, like Emma said, God talked to each of us individually in different ways. To me, 
when we were trying to decide where to go actually between Thailand or Congo. And I said very firmly that we were supposed to go to Thailand for multiple reasons, including that I saw a, a um, tribal hat from one of the many tribes and I said, I want that hat. <laughs> I still haven't gotten one, which I'm minorly bitter about, but it's all right. Well, we're still looking and searching for that hat. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, help Miss Julia <laughs> find her hat. But um, I love the idea that you brought about there was a family decision and how mm -hmm. God spoke to each one of you. Um, Emma, how did that feel for you? How was that conversation or that whisper? Um, I think because I was a little younger, I don't really remember it as a memory, I remember dad talking about it. Um, and basically I was sitting on his lap and I looked up at him in the middle of a church service and just said, dad, we're supposed to be missionaries with no prior context whatsoever. And that is just how it came about for me. Wonderful, thank you. I know some of our listeners, you know, truly wonder about hearing God's call to serve and how to decide about the serve and all. And, and to hear from, um, young women like yourself, teenagers seeing, really being in the fold and participating in that decision. It's very encouraging. So thank you for sharing that. Can you tell us more about what it's like serving in Thailand alongside your parents? Um, well, it's it's been an interesting experience. I think it was a very important experience. Um, I, as I'm 18 now, so I am I've been there for a little over five, six years. Um, and the process for me has been less about serving in a mission context since I was so young when I went over and more about developing my spiritual life and growing closer to God. I think that I was really able to grow so much closer to him. So in such a deep and personal way because of the experience and the challenges and the blessings all faced when moving overseas. Um, so as my dad works at um, Siloam Bible College and teaches pastors how to teach others, I have been able to develop a really personal relationship with God that I think has prepared me um, at a much earlier age than a lot of people to face the world and make God-based decisions. Wonderful. And for you, Emma? It's interesting because I think like Julia, a lot of what has happened for me is growth, both as a human being and spiritually, because one of the things that I've learned is that not everything is going to go the way you want it to go. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I would necessarily know that unless I hadn't been put in situations where that needed to be understood. And it's been home for you. Right. As they, you know, as we say with the, in the MK, so MK listeners stands for missionary kid. Um, that is a hard question for a lot of us to, to answer. So where is home? What is home and all that? But, but home, yes, is where your heart is, but Thailand has been home for Emma. Exactly. Um, being so young when I went there, it, I really, I think I, was drawn to it more because most of my remembered life I spent in Thailand. Thank you. 
Beautiful, beautiful. Um, in your role as um, servants as well, you know, um, not just the parents, not just the adults, but the, the children have their role in, the, in serving and being God's ambassadors. I imagine that you have hosted volunteers or teams. Um, can you share a little with the listeners? How was that for you? Um, definitely. It's always exciting to see people coming over to visit us because we know what dedication it takes because it's definitely, it's a long flight. It's such a new situation. Um, going to the mission field, even short term, can be intimidating, but it's so rewarding and it's so encouraging, not only to the people who live there, but to the missionaries who serve there. Um and so I think that one of the things that's been most exciting is seeing how many different ways people are able to help and serve overseas, especially in Thailand. Um, one of my favorite things about Thailand is it's a really nice place to go for a first time overseas mission mm. um, because it's it's a very long flight. So that's that's not the best, okay. but um, because it's in the city, um, it's not quite as difficult to readjust and to understand how things work. But while you're in the city, you can also drive and visit villages and um, help other missionaries. There are so many places that you can go and serve. And it really is it's really cool to see just how many different people with different skills and different spiritual gifts can find something um, that they can do to serve Christ overseas in Thailand. So which city do you serve? Which city is based? Which city is home? Chiang Mai, Thailand. It's the, it's in the North. It's the biggest city in the Northern part of Thailand. Okay. And is it, there that you learned about horseback riding and fell in love with uh, this whole world of horseback riding, Emma? It is. A friend actually introduced me to it, to riding here in the States, but I didn't really get a good chance to like learn about it until I went to Thailand about two years in. I had another friend who introduced me to the barn and that is how I got started riding. Oh, wonderful. I know, huh? And did you get into um, bareback? And uh, yes, listeners, we're going to get into some horseback. <laughs> Just, you know, fasten your seatbelt. Uh, bareback riding, because that's how I started uh, my lessons. I was little, probably around your age or maybe a little younger. And it was definitely start bareback. And then you put the, the English saddles and dressage and then jumping. But the bareback was really the, because we needed to feel the horse and understand the relationship that's, that we have with the horse. Yes. So, yes, so tell exactly. us. Um, we, well, I started uh, with a single pad and a belt where you could hold on to the horse. And we went around on a lunge line and I developed core strength and leg strength. And then about six months in, I got the reins and I learned how to use the reins without depending on them for balance and holding on. And then eventually I got the saddle and learned not to depend on those things, but to use them as a tool instead of 
relying on them for your entire riding experience. Wow. It's amazing. And beautiful imagery and parallel scripturally too. Yes. Yes. The everything is a tool. Um, but your your faith is based in you alone and with God. And that is that's where it begins. And then everything else helps you along the way. Thank you so very much. I'll turn it over to Minister, Co Minister Cox. Yeah, thank you. Um, so this part of the interview is going to be a little bit of some questions from our listeners. Um, so let me explain that just a little bit. So I'm a youth pastor um, and I have um, some high school girls who um, I've been mentoring and working with and they've been listening to the podcast and they love it. And so they were like, can we hear from people our own age? either people who are serving or who are missionary kids or something. They're just like, can we hear someone younger? And we were like, yeah, sure. Let's go. Um, so that's part of the, that's part of how we got um, to interviewing you guys. You were actually kind of the first people that popped to mind. We're like, they would be great. They would be so much fun. Um, and so then I went back to my girls and I was like, okay, so we have the people for the interview. What questions would you like to ask them? If you got to speak to them, what would the questions be? So the first one we got back um, is what is school like in Thailand? Um, and then what are you planning on doing after high school? For us, school in Thailand has been the same as it's been here because we're actually homeschooled. Um, but it's there are lots of different options for um, missionary kids overseas. There are private English schools um, where most of our friends go to school. And they have kids from all over the world, from England and New Zealand and Australia. And I mean, everywhere. It's so cool to see the diversity and um, just see so many people from all over the world um, learning. And then obviously there are Thai schools. And I think that we know at least one MK who actually did go to Thai schools so that they could be fully immersed in the language. Um, and yeah. I, I don't have anything to add. She summed it up very well. <laughs> okay, well then I will ask, so, um, so you have two more years left in high school. So what is your plan after high school? I'm planning to be a nurse hmm. for pediatric services. Okay. So that's one thing that I think God has called me to because I've just been dead set on after high school, I'm going to college and I'm going to become a nurse. And mm -hmm. that's what I want to do for the rest of my life. And that's, that's you, my plan. Yeah. <laughs> well, are you planning on staying in Thailand or coming back to the States to do that? I, I'm planning on coming back to the States to do that and serving here. Okay. Yeah. In that capacity. Yeah. <laughs> no, no pressure. No pressure. You can, you can change your mind after this. This podcast <laughs> does not define what you do. <laughs> <laughs> so the second question my girls asked was what would be your advice for families who are traveling um with young kids so either kids that are middle school and younger or even high schoolers what would your advice be for families who are traveling um with them um I think my main advice would be to really immerse them in the culture um 
I, I think it would be a shame to go over to another country and not really get the full experience of what it's like to understand cultural cues and maybe even to learn a few words in the language um, and really make a learning experience out of it, especially for younger kids. Um, and for teenagers, I think it's important to look at it as a learning experience too, but maybe in a bit of a different way. Look at it as a, is this something that I could do long-term? Ask critical questions with your teenagers um, and just help them to really think about all of the cool things that they're experiencing and realize that this is as legitimate and a job opportunity as any other job that they might be interested in taking. And if they show interest in that, then to, support them in that and help them reach um, the level of, I don't know what I'm saying. It's <laughs> no, it, it was, <laughs> that was, a, that was a beautiful little, uh, <laughs> I have no idea what I'm saying. <laughs> no, it had somewhere I was going and then it just left. <laughs> I understand that struggle. <laughs> Yeah. But then that, that that was that was actually that was good. So if you could just like tell the train to come back to like reverse back and be like, yeah, come back. <laughs> Where did I leave off? Encourage them to explore their full potential as if they want to do something in mission work. It, encourage them to do that and maybe help them to learn exactly what that would entail and <laughs> go from there and just discipleship mm -hmm. is one of the main things I think yeah yeah which is one of the things that we um at STM we really stress when we're helping people to go on short-term missions is to really prepare them um so that's really great that that's kind of as people who have done it um that that is a, a really helpful tool to have to be prepared to understand where you're stepping into instead of just stepping into it and hoping for the best but going in with a little bit of knowledge and a little bit of preparation um really helps kind of kickstart that off so that's right. that's wonderful thank you um so one of the the biggest question that my my girls were asking um is kind of about your age. So because you're under 21, um, and in a lot of places, um, your age kind of defines how people see you, um, they would like to, to ask you, has it been hard for people to take you seriously um, and to respect you in Thailand because of your age? Is it different between here in the US versus in Thailand when it comes to, um, to age and how people see you and interact with you? Um, I think it really depends on the situation. I think the Thai people are very kind and they're just very respectful people in general to each other and to you. Um, I think that anywhere you go, you are going to run into issues where because you're younger, people think that you don't know what you believe, whether that's politically or religiously or whatever it is. But I, as an 18 year old, would encourage you to take that as a challenge and just run with it because you might be young, but that doesn't mean that you're incapable of doing your research and knowing what you believe. You are just as valid um, at a young age as you are older. And it's okay to be wrong sometimes too, as long as you are kind and respectful to everyone around you 
and you do your research and you know why you believe what you believe, you'll know that even if someone doesn't take you seriously because of your age, what you say is completely valid and completely accurate. And I completely agree with that. Mm, yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you. That's yeah. It, it's hard um, where it like, I remember being that age um, and people questioning me as well um, because I'm not too much older than you guys. I'm definitely older, but not too much older. So I definitely, I still remember those days. Um, but with, with the, the young adults that I work with at my church, that is one of the, the difficulties that they experience and asking questions um, about their faith and talking about their faith that some people um, look past them because of their age and just say, well, in time, you'll understand um, mindset. And that's not always the best way to handle it. You know, if, if a young adult is asking questions now, why not address it now? Um, and to give them right. that courage to step forward um, as they grow and as they learn. So thank you for that advice. That's, that's really wonderful. Um, so, so with that, um, what has, um, leading worship in Thailand been like for you? Um, because we know that your family are great musicians and you play music all the time for us and it's wonderful and I love it. Um, <laughs> but what has it been like for either um, leading worship music or leading worship in general for the two of you? I think it's been really meaningful, especially feeling a part of the service and a part of worshiping God. Because I feel like for me, when... Sometimes I feel like there's a disconnect between me and what's going on in the service, but finding a way to participate in it, whether it's doing everything you have with whole, whole heart or using your gifts to run projection or run sound or help lead music or whatever, using your gifts to participate in the service, I think has been the most meaningful, meaningful thing to me because I feel like I'm worshiping God to the best of my ability. As for me, I think I have learned what it really means to worship um, in my time overseas, or I've gotten a glimpse of what it's going to be like in heaven because I have helped to lead worship in situations where there are hundreds of people from all over the world with different um, heart languages, and they're just pouring their souls out to Christ. And as I sit up there and I look around and I see all of them worshiping and completely completely enthralled by love and Christ's love. It is overwhelming and beautiful. And it's something that I think going overseas helped me to see much sooner than I would have um, had I not gone overseas. Um, obviously, I'm not saying that you can't worship God without those things, but I think that those situations helped me to really see um, what it meant and be able to worship like that in all circumstances and all situations. Right. Mm. That's so beautiful. Uh, that's so lovely. I, for, for being a youth pastor, it, it makes my heart very happy and very warm to, to know that you as young adults have had those experiences um, and that you've had those opportunities um, and that you truly embrace them 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not just, oh, I'm here, I'm doing this and I'm on to the next thing, but just truly living in those moments um, yeah. is absolutely gorgeous. And I, it just makes me so happy for you. Um, and so excited that you have those and know that you will have so many more to come um, as you venture back to Thailand or here in the States or wherever God leads you um, to worship um, and to lead. So my last question for you, and we've touched a little bit on this, um, but what do you feel um, God is calling you to do next? Whether that is in college, whether that is in school, whether that is in church, what do you feel like might be your next steps? Um, for me personally, I it's a little bit of a gray area right now. Um, I'm working on deciding whether I want to go right to college or take a gap year. Um, If I do end up going to college this year, or if it's after my gap year, I am planning on studying biblical studies and communications in the hopes of working in ministry of some kind um, and continuing to write books. Mm. I think for me right now, it's just continue with schoolwork and continuing to prepare myself for the hard schoolwork that is to come in college because of the degree I plan to pursue Mm -hmm. and just keep following God and keep listening and see where that takes me. Yeah, that's wonderful. Well, many blessings on what God has in store for you next. I know you will go on to do wonderful things. um, And it's been so great um, talking with you today. Um, But I have one last question slash request. Um, in Thailand, is there a special way or a special word that you say goodbye? Um, cause I know some places say see you later or farewell or until we meet again, but is there something special that Thailand does, um, when you are leaving company, um, of someone? God bless you and goodbye. We thank you for listening to Bridges for Mission. You can find more information about the short-term mission office at internationalministries.org. Also, don't forget to get a hold of the new leader's guide entitled Short-Term Mission Team Essentials Together on the Journey. Uh, You can find this on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Book Baby, and that we are so glad that you joined us today. So thank you for all the subscribers and from listening from all continents. Thank you and have a good one.